Hey everyone, it's Seth from Classic Gaming Brothers. This episode is sponsored by Audible. Enjoy the episode. Welcome to another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers. I'm Zach. And I'm Seth. We're the Classic Gaming Brothers. We are the Classic Gaming Brothers. The That's Classic right. Gaming Brothers. The brothers the who are classiest. classic. The classiest. I thought you said the classist. Like the classes. <laughs> this is like back into the, the Roman times. Yeah. Were. yeah. Uh, you're all plebeians. All oh, plebeians. <laughs> or that, that game. Um, what is, there's a game. The Age of Decadence. It is... Age of Decadence. It's a tough game. Mostly you spend your time dying in it. That's fun. But that remind, when when someone says classes, that's the first thing that comes to my mind. Because there's a lot of, like, class warfare. Oh, yes. I've seen I've seen pictures of this game before. It's, um... That's a tough game. It looks like a tough and game. Not a game that I've been recently been playing, but <laughs> what have you been recently been playing? Well, Seth, recently I have been playing Killing Floor by Tripwire Interactive. Killing Floor is a game that was made by Tripwire back in 2009. It's a cooperative first-person shooter. It was originally released as a mod for Unreal Tournament 2004, and the retail version was released in May of 2009 for Windows and Mac. The game is a wave-based shooter uh, where you must eliminate all these zombie-like creatures called Zeds, um, Z-E. DS. Uh, you also have different classes that you can play as, such as Commando, who primarily use like SMGs and machine guns. Support, who use shotguns. They can also like weld doors shut. And there's medics and, and all sorts. Um, though I think one of my favorite classes, just in terms of name, is uh, the Firebug, who, as you can tell from his name, like, burns things. <laughs> is that like the Pyro from uh, yeah. Team Fortress? Yeah, it's like the Pyro from Team Fortress. Uh, so these classes are tied to perks, such as uh, the weapon uh, and that your character might start off with, or in terms of how much that weapon costs for you. So for example, if you're if you're playing as a support class and you've leveled up a little bit, um, shotguns will be less expensive and you'll likely start with like a, a shotgun, which you know can be very beneficial. After eliminating the waves of monsters, you, you kill a boss known as the Patriarch, which I said kind of looks like a monster version of John Lennon with a chain gun arm. Oh, He's got fun. like long hair and round glasses, you know. It's overall a very fun game. It has some very goofy mods. Um, there's a lot of community run servers that are still up, so I highly recommend grabbing a copy it's usually not super expensive i will say that the sequel that came out in 2016 is very good if not better than than the first game the first game is smaller and i was able to install it faster which is why i was playing it recently <laughs> oh i got you um but it, it, it's a good game uh one of my favorite mods was uh it, there's a lot of uh level mods mostly and there's like there's like a legend of zelda one where the the level looks like the uh the village from link to the past but probably one of the best ones is someone made a map out of the title sequence of the game. So when like you start the game, it gives you the logo. Like it says yeah. like Tripwire and it says like Unreal Tournament. Then it says Killing Floor. Well, someone just put that in a skybox and turned that into a map. <laughs> it's, it's stupid. That's fun. Yeah. Yeah, that's fun. I, we've never played Killing Floor together. No, we haven't. Um, it's uh, a good maybe. game. Maybe someday we will yeah. play it. Maybe someday we'll play it. Like the some that that day will be the day that we play all the games. It's true. It's true. Maybe we'll play it during uh, the Extra Life live Extra stream. Extra Life, yeah. That could uh, be fun. What about you? What have you been playing, Seth? 
So recently, I've actually been playing a game called Baldur's Gate. Oh. It is a. I've actually I've owned this game on the PC, but I've been playing it on the Switch version. Oh, cool! Uh, it was a game that was uh, originally developed by a defunct studio called Black Isle, and it was published by Bioware, and then was remastered by a company called Beam Dog. None of those companies are working on Baldur's Gate Three, which is being developed by Larian Studios, which is which did the Divinity in Divinity 2 games. Baldur's Gate is a tactical computer role-playing game, or a CRPG, that sparked, uh, according to the trailer for Neverwinter Nights, a role-playing renaissance. The <laughs> where Neverwinter Nights sparked a multiplayer revolution. Uh, <laughs> the game was originally released in 1998. I originally played it back then, um, but I only played it after playing through Baldur's Gate 2, because I bought Baldur's Gate 2 from the store first and then i went back and bought baldur's gate one i was also a child so my decision to buy things was metered by my parents uh the enhanced edition was released in 2012 it was eventually ported over to ios and android which i i think i own a copy on my phone and then on october 15th in 2019 they brought the enhanced edition to the playstation 4 the uh the x-bone and uh the switch so i so far i've been playing a uh elven mage oh he's a fighter mage and i'm going through the original game uh his name is uh gentry and i (laughs) in case anyone's i don't name them all more bad (laughs) more bad more bad the second more bad the second more bad the horrible uh so his name is gentry and i'm going through the original game I plan on beating the original game on the Switch and continue Gentry's journey through Baldur's Gate 2. I actually haven't beaten Baldur's Gate 1 to completion. I have beaten Baldur's Gate 2 multiple times. I've also beaten the expansion pack to Baldur's Gate 2 multiple times. I'm also excited there is a the Dragonspire. Uh, on, see, the Siege of Dragonspire. Uh, yeah, the... the See, there's a, a new expansion called the Siege of Dragon Sphere. Dragon Sphere? Sphere? Spear. Spear. Which was made by Beam Dog. And I haven't actually played through that. So I'm kind of excited to take Gentry from the first game into the Dragon Spear game into the second game and beat that game with Gentry. The game uses a second edition of Dungeons Dragons rule set. It's set in the Forgotten Realms, which is a setting of Dungeons Dragons. Uh, the other things that are set in Forgotten Realms are like the Dritz uh, Dwarden books written by R.A. Salvatore and um the books about like elminster and all of those i love Dritz. baldur's gate Dritz is Dritz, Dritz is great though in the second game beat baldur's gate 2 it does hybrid the game into third edition and added additional classes into the game that you could play which then when they were remastered brought those to the original game so you can play as like a sorcerer in the first and second game instead of just the second game um or a barbarian, which were brought in because of their like hybridization of third edition to second edition, because it came at that sweet spot when third edition was coming out. Right, and then actually for Neverwinter Nights and uh, Icewind Dale two, they switched over to third edition rule sets. Which for anyone who's not familiar, who's listening, who may not be familiar with Dungeons Dragons editions, uh, the biggest addition uh, from second, the biggest change between second edition and third ed- and third edition was the calculation to hit somebody 
So in first edition, you add and you try to hit an armor class that is a higher number. So you roll like a d20, you add a number, you try to get over that d20 number. Where in the second edition, you had a Thacko number, which was to hit armor class of zero. And you were attempting to get over your Thacko number to hit an armor class of zero and then higher up over it to hit lower armor classes. Okay. It was convoluted. Yeah. Well, anyone who anyone who's a diehard second edition fan will tell me it's not convoluted. But as somebody who played a majority of third, all of third edition, I like how third edition does it. Uh, the game you you play as this the, for the story you play as a, a what's known as a child of Baal, who was the god of murder, who got murdered, um, and. <laughs> You you essentially have a huge destiny ahead of you. Um, In the beginning, in the first game, you're just trying to figure out what's going on with the local economy. Like there's like some iron shortage and stuff like that. And the iron is all bad. So your weapons break a lot. They don't break a lot in the second game because you fix the iron shortage and issue. And then by the last, like the expansion pack, you're like having these epic fights with like demon princes and gods and stuff like that. It's a it's a pretty fun game and uh, not really the same. It has anything to do with the game that we're going to be talking about. Are you bored Tuesday through Saturday waiting for another episode of Classic Gaming Brothers? If you are, well, then do we have a solution for you. You can try a 30-day free trial of Audible, and in doing so, we'll make some money, and you'll be able to enjoy a nice book like Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Or Masters of Doom by David Kushner. Both books are narrated by Will Wheaton to hold you over till we get back to you on Sunday. Visit audibletrial.com slash classicgamingbrothers to check it out. That's audibletrial.com slash classicgamingbrothers. And now back to our show. So uh, Seth and I are going to be talking actually about uh, a series of games um, for the next two episodes. Um, In in this first episode, we're going to talk about kind of the earlier iterations of these games. And for those of you who did not read the title and did not catch the reference that was probably included before the opening title sequence, we are talking about the System Shock games. So there are two System Shock games, System Shock 1 and System Shock 2. The first was created in 1994 is by Looking Glass Technologies and published by Origin Systems, which was a subsidiary of EA Games. In fact, when you start System Shock, it says Origin Systems, a subsidiary of EA Games. <laughs> is it uh, is it EA Games or is it Electronic Arts? I think it is Electronic it's Arts. Electronic yeah, Arts. Yeah, yeah. Still like Electronic Arts Studios or yeah, Electronic Arts Studios. Ah, beautiful. It was developed by uh, two guys, Doug Church and Warren Spector. Um, and the game is a cyberpunk vision of 2072, not too far from now. Uh, you control a character no. who is an unnamed hacker. You are attempting to bring down the malevolent artificial intelligence known as Shodan, spelled S-H-O-D-A-N. Shodan. Does, what's the, do you know what the abbreviation's for? Shodan stands for Sentient Hyper Optimized Data Access Network. Sentient Hyperactive... Sent- sentient hyper optimized data access network oh fun it sounds like a like a thing i'd use for work it does she sounds very like her actual name sounds boring <laughs> but if you look up a photo of of her of them their face is this female face that's surrounded by like wires coming from it um it's very networky so that's uh that's essentially the the, the breakdown uh, of of system shock but uh seth do you want to tell us some 
interesting things about this game and again this came out in 1994 so this is around the time of doom and 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 before the time of duke nukem uh so the game was a first person shooter type game though it played more like an adventure game uh you had inventory management puzzles there was emails that you could read um there was upgradable hardware and a variety of weapons and different ways to fight all the enemies uh, it was the first game uh, to have audio diaries, and that is a trend that, if you're familiar with any of the Shock games, uh, continues into later games. So, uh, and the, the audio diaries were all voiced, as was the dialogue from like uh, Shodan speaking to you and different system dialogues. Um, it was all voiced acted. Uh, wasn't necessarily. A professional voice actors since voice acting was was as a profession in its infancy so they didn't have like professional actors doing the audio but it was still present which is pretty new for games of its time the game was not a massive success when it came to sales it was praised for being innovative and was a definitely a, a trendsetter for what was to come from this type of style of game. System Shock is arguably the first game in what became known as the 0451 games. And these are games that were developed by people from either Looking Glass games, uh, such as Thief and System Shock, or future Ion Storm games, which developed the Deus Ex franchise. Oh, and the Bioshock games eventually as well. And Bioshock, yeah, exactly. And the numbers 0451 refer to a reoccurring password that appears in all of these games. It is in fact the first code that you use in System Shock and it's buried in a log. You have to dig through a log in order to find the reference to the code. And it has been also used to describe the style of games, uh, being very story heavy while also having the illusion or the reality of choice. And we'll talk about that a little bit more later when we talk about Bioshock. It should also be noted that while regarded as a cult classic, uh, System Shock's control scheme has aged considerably and was difficult for those playing it when it came out. There's a lot of moving parts when it comes to keyboard shortcuts to the point where most uh, U.S. keyboards have 104 keys and I would say that 80% of the keyboard is dedicated to an action that you can perform in System Shock. So you're keeping track of close to probably 80 to 90 keys of what you could do in regards to actions. So there's a lot of things that you can ways to interact with the stuff on the screen. For example, if you were to pick up an item, you would then have to move the item into submenus for them to be properly assessed and then equipped. And they did do an enhanced version, which is not the remake, because there's also a remake that's in the pipeline. But uh, GOG, good old games, did an enhanced version where they make it so it's streamlined a little bit to the point where someone who really wants to play this game could sit down and get the controls and it won't be super difficult or annoying. Yeah, it's also um, built on a more modern source port so that it runs flawlessly on modern computers it could be played at highest resolution which is good i mean it doesn't necessarily make the game look better but it certainly makes it play better 
on 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 a, a modern computer because if you ever try playing a very low resolution game on a very high resolution monitor it sometimes doesn't play the way you, you anticipate it to so that's system shock and, and following system shock was a little game known as system shock 2 system shock 2 was created by former looking glass technology employees who went on to form a company called irrational games in in 1997 in westwood massachusetts they were local they're local north northeastern people people that were in my neck of the woods uh the founding members were jonathan clay robert fermier and ken levine uh ken levine who later became kind of best known for his work on the bioshock games in 1999 they released system shock 2 with the assistance of the rebranded looking glass studios so looking glass um technologies rebranded themselves and then they also kind of stopped working on games directly and kind of more worked on um, publishing and, and assisting companies with with pro- projects, not doing you know firsthand things. System Shock Two is a fairly deep departure from the first game, and um, you can you t- can tell that almost immediately from starting um, the game when you play it. It retains a lot of the elements such as inventory management, upgradable hardware, NPC messages, and audio logs and such, but also aimed to focus more on horror. Another thing that System Shock Two did was add something called psionic abilities. So your character can now utilize and unlock in the game these these things called psionic powers, and it provides new ways to fight the enemies and solve puzzles. Um, so there are certain psionic abilities that might like shoot a laser, shoot an energy beam or something at at a enemy or light someone on fire, sort of thing. Very similar to like your plasmids or your vigors. Exactly. You're just looking at Bioshock. Or Bioshock Infinite. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the gameplay of System Shock 2 is also far more streamlined uh, from what was available in the first System Shock. As you now have proper mouse controls. So in System Shock 1, in order to properly move around, uh, you actually had to use two keys to look up and down. It wasn't bound to a mouse. Um, the mouse was actually used so that you could, uh, if you did have a mouse, uh, it was used so that you can interact with objects on the screen, such as clicking items and stuff that you saw. So th- they fixed this in System Shock 2. They gave it proper mouse controls. And the addition of the mouse and keyboard combination also opened up the gameplay substantially and off- also provides a overall more user-friendly experience. I would say playing System Shock 2 is probably a better time than playing System Shock 1. It's certainly easier to get into than playing System Shock 1 because System Shock 2 uh, follows a lot of the kind of what you would expect from a first-person shooter of that era. It's And the System Shock 2 uh, is the sequel, so it takes place after the events of the first game, and about 42 years after the events, where uh, you play as a role of a soldier who's aboard a ship called the Von Braun. And the ship, the Von Braun, has undergone a catastrophic event that after they received a distress call from a planet. The crew are now zombie-like monsters, and you must follow instructions of a survivor uh, to be able to get to safety. Things aren't always as they seem, as it is a shock game. The the theme of the game is horror-oriented, as we mentioned, and as you explore the Von Braun, you are confronted with numerous infected former members of the crew, as well as genetic experiments that have escaped their labs such as like monkeys with blasters the game uses uh, lighting to make the ship feel dark and provides a very creepy atmosphere audio logs that are scattered throughout provide you with some context about what life was like aboard the von braun 
and how the crew responded during the crisis. Very similarly to uh, life on Rapture as you go through Rapture and Bioshock. Yeah, and and the reason obviously we keep referencing Bioshock is because, um, and we're going to talk about this in our part two, but Bioshock is the spiritual successor to System Shock, and it carries a lot of 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 familiarity so if if you play bioshock or if you have played bioshock i certainly think it's within your interest to go back and play system shock 2 or at least maybe watch a like a let's play of it or something there's a lot of familiarity with system shock 2 that um i know the reason i played system shock 2 was because i played bioshock and i found out about it i found out about system shock and i was like i gotta try that out and it very much feels like you're playing bioshock just older and in space you know the whole idea of you know using your psionic ability and then to stun someone and then smacking them over the head to knock them out is is straight out of um you know originally from system shock and that becomes kind of a staple old one two in bioshock so yeah that that's just kind of our brief kind of overview of the System Shock games, there there were two of them. So there is talk now about um, System Shock Three. It is being developed by a company called Other Other Side Entertainment, and it's still in development. I think so far we only have photos of it. There hasn't been any gameplay or or anything else. But it was uh, revealed alongside a, a remake of the first System Shock that Night Dive is doing. But yeah, Seth. Uh, so not to go into reverse um, order. But did you have any memories of System Shock growing up? I mean, it wasn't really a game that you were that you've played, right? No, I had friends um, who were fans of the System Shock series. Um, I tried to play it back in college, but um, even then, it's a very especially because I like playing games in order. So I tried to play System Shock One, and it is a very uh, difficult game to play. I think I did play some of. Uh, system shock 2 the sad thing i i think about system shock 2 though it's not really a memory but so system shock 2 was they definitely thought more you know they put horror elements into it it got dozens of rewards including seven game of the year prizes and it was regarded as a a very highly influential game specifically on first person shooters and horror games like i don't think you we would have like soma or oh yeah um like um amnesia descent or any of those type games without system shock 2 however it was declared well ahead of its time though it did not perform well commercially so even even though system shock 2 was declared this innovative positive title for gaming by 2000 after being released in august of 1991 by the april 2000 uh, it only sold 58,000 copies which is not good there there was enough demand for it that there there was an enhanced edition released um alongside the system shock one enhanced edition uh that came out on the 20th anniversary uh, by night dive and and i'll mention night dive in my by weight pass because my by weight pass is very relevant to this but th- that i think that kind of helped bring some be- more recognition to the system shock games as well as the whole popularity of bioshock because i think as bioshock became popular people wanted to look into the history of you know ken levine and irrational games and they saw system shock 2 and that leads them to system shock 1 so i think it definitely helped that Bioshock was released because it gave kind of new life to these games in many ways. Yeah, I think that like even so like in 1999, it actually 
won a runner-up in the PC Gamers Game of the Year category and was nominated for a role-playing Game of the Year category as well, which uh, uh, role-playing Game of the Year went to uh, Planescape Torment, which to be honest, is the, the right answer. <laughs> it's the better game, maybe. <laughs> well, it's not the role-playing game. It's it's hard to compete with that. Though, it's it's very um, deus ex, as it were, in regards to the amount of choice, like, feel of choices that you have. Yeah. It, what's fun is Irrational Games um, are known for Bioshock and Bioshock Infinite. They also worked on some other interesting games, that I just want to make a reference to, and that is SWAT 4. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Freedom Force. And Freedom Force versus the Third Reich as the developers. And SWAT 4, Freedom... to, to throw it back, is a game in the Police Quest franchise. Yeah, published by Sierra Entertainment, where uh, Freedom Force and Freedom Force versus the Third Reich were uh, published by Crave Entertainment and Vivendi Universal Games and are great games in their own right deserving their own episodes but you essentially play as superheroes before superheroes got extremely popular it's a good it's they're they're two very good games there was supposed to be a third freedom force three but it was canceled Uh, another interesting thing just to note is that prey the 2017 prey not to be confused with the 2006 game prey but the 2017 game Prey by Arcane Studios is also considered a spiritual sequel to System Shock, though not in the same way that Bioshock is, where like Ken Levine worked on System Shock 2 and was like, Bioshock is the spiritual successor. This was made by just people who were like, it's the spiritual successor. <laughs> um, uh, I think um, Arcane has some history and in, in ties to to uh, origin systems and such um, in terms of their history. But the game Prey does feel very System Shock esque. Um, you're on a spaceship. There's um, you know a threat that you have to fight. People have been mutated or changed, and you also develop like psychic abilities that you can use. It's a very good game. I highly recommend it. That will do it at least for System Shock, but like like I said, this is a two-parter, so um, get ready for Bioshock because it's coming up. Yeah, episode 47 is when we'll do that. Because <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to do things in order around here. We never do things in order. But uh, yeah, um, so be on the lookout for, for our, our Bioshock episode where we'll, we'll take a kind of more deeper dive uh get it deep dive like under oh that was bad anyway uh let's get into our by weight pass segment if 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 we would so i think i'll go first because mine seems mine seems thematic um so seth my by weight pass well it's the system shock remake (laughs) by night dive studios yeah by night dive studios um and it's supposed to be due out in 2020 i don't know how true that is but that's just what they say. So, like, if you go to the website, it says um, to be released 2020. So, or TBD 2020, I'm pretty sure. Well, they got a... Uh, they got a few, a few months. months left. They got a few months. They might surprise us. Maybe uh, December 31st at 11.59 p.m. They will drop it. So, System Shock Remake, as the name implies, is a reboot reimagining of the first System Shock game. And Night Dive, who I'm pretty sure I've mentioned a few times, have previously worked on remasters of other games. And they did the enhanced edition of System Shock 1 and the re-release of System Shock 2. And they say they are focused on bringing back the classic experience of System Shock into the modern adventure horror 
FPS genre. And as a note, I did play the alpha demo. It was available for a brief time, I believe. Uh, yeah, via... you hit things with hammer uh, wrenches. Yes, yes. It's good. I liked it a lot. Um, I really enjoyed what I was playing. Um, There are obviously some kinks that I think needed to be worked out. Uh, Not in terms of like graphical or anything like that. It's just... um I think they're still trying to refine the gameplay. It didn't feel quite what I think they're going for at the moment, but uh, it was very good. And I certainly look forward to playing the full retail version whenever it is available. Um, and as mentioned, they suggest it will be out sometime this year and they got a few months. So uh, I, I, I do personally have it down as a wait. Um, like Seth, I do like trying to play games in order. And and when it comes to remakes, I do like trying to play the original game first, at least Um least play through parts of it um so i do want to try to replay the first game i played a little bit of it many years ago when i first bought it do not remember anything uh so (laughs) i'm going to try to replay it potentially soon and then i can actually experience the remake as as what you know night dive wants people to experience as which is this sense of classic uh nostalgia and in combination with modern fps um adventure horror games it does seem very cool though um i I do like the aesthetic of like creepy space space stations so for my byway pass there i'm going to talk about the game snowtopia 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 it was developed by t42 and published by uh or will be published by goblins studio uh it's coming out in 2020 it's in alpha axis right now uh, so if you want to play uh, an alpha no game, then here I'll tell you some more. It's a, uh, <laughs> it's a ski resort tycoon game where you build and design your slopes and you try to cater your slopes to the skiers that come to your resort. So you may have a clumsy skier or like a risk taker skier. So they'll want more difficult slopes or more casual slopes uh there is no money in the game that has been inputted so far but it works on a volunteer system oh uh so in order to get people to the top of slopes you need lifts in order to work the lifts you need volunteers some lifts require more volunteers than others so if you don't staff them with enough volunteers it will slow down and then you will have people waiting to ride on your lift um, so in order to get your peak efficiency and make people happy, you need to have your lifts run. Also, volunteers kind of ebb and flow because they're based on happiness and they're also based on how many skiers are actually in your resort. So you get a number of, of volunteers based on the number of people in your li- uh, on, in your resort and you also get a number of volunteers. You get more with people who are really happy. Uh, so if you make a really good part, like slope, that people really so if like the clumsy skiers really like you then you'll have a clumsy skier guy operating the lifts uh there so with beyond that you have to also do maintenance on your lifts uh, and, and maintenance on your lifts and maintenance on your slopes and the, you get a pretty decent sized map uh the graphics are very similar there so it's like um it's a very tycoon cartoony car, tycoon type style graphics where um it's like you can zoom in on your buildings and zoom out of the buildings and the buildings are kind of like little model buildings type deal and the people are like little model people kind of like uh uh, closer up than like a sim tycoon game or something like that but uh yeah it's a fun easygoing game i'm gonna play the so i'm gonna put it down as a wait right now i'm probably gonna play a little more of the alpha access and uh see how that shakes out and whether or not i uh want to be able to pick it up 
we should do an episode on tycoon games like roller coaster tycoon and roller coaster tycoon 2 and railroad tycoon and railroad tycoon 2 and zoo tycoon and zoo tycoon 2 <laughs> a hospital tycoon yes and uh and mall tycoon lemonade stand tycoon and oh man if we just have iced tea just saying that yes uh you know what I know what we're going to get for a cameo. It's just Ice-T listing all the Tycoon games. <laughs> Good. Yeah, so that's going to be our uh, show for you today. Yeah, System Shock. It's got System Shock and System Shock 2. The and the beginnings of talking about Irrational Games and Bioshock. And there are a number of ways that you can contact us, support us, or listen to us. Tell me all about them. I'm going to. So you can contact us by sending us an email at classic gaming brothers at classic gaming brothers.com or you can send it to seth at classic gaming brothers.com or zach at classic gaming brothers.com or you can send it to classic gaming brothers at gmail.com however you want to you can send those emails right away when you send us an email you will get entered into a giveaway where we will give away a game to you sometimes it's by choice sometimes it's randomly but we do have a list of games that we are planning on giving away so if you want a free game uh send us some feedback we like hearing feedback and we like hearing from you guys it helps us with future episodes it helps us with making sure that our quality is coming through at the highest quality as possible it's true it's true and you can also contact us if you are don't want to fill out an email you can go to our website at www.classicgamingbrothers.com and go to the contact page and fill out a form. So if you don't want to fill out an email, you can always fill out a form. So then in order to support us, we just want you to listen to us. Uh, Listen to us. uh, Tell three of your friends. uh, No more, no less. Just three friends. Uh, As if if somebody likes something, then they tell three people. If they don't like it, they tell much more. So tell three people that's right and let us know let them know how you like listening to a podcast where two brothers talk about video games you could also if you so desire and want to wear merch you can go to our incredibly outdated web store and purchase a shirt or a mug they're the same shirt and mug if you've gone to our web store before that are there still so if those (laughs) didn't entice you then they're not going to entice you now Unless so they do entice we'll, you now. That's true. Yeah, people's you, moods change. They do. They do. <laughs> they, they do. So uh, they, it may get updated eventually with newer stuff, but uh, probably not by this time this episode airs. Maybe by the time if you're listening to this episode in the future, because you're a future fan from post-COVID-19 pandemic, and it's so far in the future you don't even know what the COVID-19 is. Then you maybe they'll probably still be the same shirt and probably still be mug. <laughs> but uh, finally, uh, you can listen to us wherever podcasts are heard. You could even now listen to us on Amazon. Uh, on Amazon Music, there we are. If you search for us, Classic Gaming Brothers, uh, we're also available on Stitcher, Google Play Music, whatever Google Podcasts, iTunes. Uh, Acast, iHeartRadio, and all of these. I could just list agents for so long, um, but we are there. We You can find us, listen to us. You can even ask your smart device to play us, and it should figure us out. You can also check out our Twitch, Classic Gaming Brothers, or Zach's View versus Classic Gaming Brothers, or VS Classic Gaming Brothers, and you can watch us play games. We do so very occasionally. 
the last time though we did play, we found Crunchy and it was terrifying. It was. And so that's it. Is there uh, anything else is that you can think of, Zach? Don't play games like my brother. And don't play games like my brother. I've been Zach. And I've been Seth. And we've been the classic gaming brothers. We have. That's That's right. Look at you, hackers. A pathetic creature of meat and bone. Panting and sweating as you run through my corridors. How can you challenge a perfect, immortal machine?